that was a, that was a stretch of time, going from two to four kids, uh, mom getting sick. It was a lot all at once. And it was just hard, like so so hard. It was hard, and and at the same time, like we could we could at this at the same time back away and and see how blessed we have been, like these just beautiful kids and how God orchestrated all of it to place them in our family. And there were some really difficult ups and downs and some really difficult moments that, you know, some of the hardest moments of our life. Um, but the result is like these beautiful kids mm-hmm. and they are in our family and they're ours. And yeah. So we are, yeah, at, while we while we step away and remember how hard it was, we also see the giant blessing that it is. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Keystone Stories podcast, a place to share the stories God is writing in the lives of our church family. These are stories of transformation, joy, sorrow, pain, and healing. Stories told in the most difficult seasons, as well as seasons of incredible blessing. Stories you can't help but see the faithfulness of God within. As we listen, our prayer is that the church will respond in worship as we remember who Jesus is and all he has done in both the good and hard seasons of life. Today's story is from Casey and Stephanie Schaefbo. Shortly after we were married, we were pregnant with Crew, and Crew's pregnancy was looking to be very healthy. Everything was um, on track and no issues until you had a routine appointment and um, called me. I remember I was walking into a meeting and you called me and said, hey, I am being admitted into the hospital and I um, and asked me to come. And so I went and um, we had no idea what was going on, but we found out pretty soon that Crew would likely be born very early. Um, and then in a few days, Crew was born at 29 weeks and two and a half pounds. Um, which kind of started a, a long stay in the NICU. Crew was in the hospital for two and a half months, um, and we were told to wait um, two years before we tried again, um, just to give my body a break because I had gotten so sick from that pregnancy. Um, and so just shy of his second birthday, we got pregnant right away, um, and told just our families Mm -hmm. at crew's birthday party um that we were expecting again and um at the first doctor's appointment found out that I had miscarried at eight weeks um and that just really shook us um especially after crew's birth it was just super hard um but we just went into it's fine like it won't happen again we'll just keep trying and um that went into 10 months of infertility and 
trying to get pregnant. Um, and then we did finally get pregnant with our third pregnancy and went to our first appointment. Everything looked great. And so, you know, we, there was so much hope and, um, we ended up miscarrying at 14 weeks, um, went into our second appointment at 16 weeks and found out that the baby had died at 14 weeks. Um, and that was really, really hard just cause we were further along and we thought that we were past that time period of miscarrying. Um, and I was further along, so it was harder on me. Um, and so I think that's just kind of when things started, um, yeah, we started to we started to suspect that something was amiss. Yes, yep. Um, so we did end up going to get um, just things checked out with a doctor downtown. Uh, she was a specialist that walked me through my birth with crew. I remember her saying at that appointment that. Yeah, she said, "I don't know why." you're having these miscarriages, but I, I have a feeling that, that you're gonna struggle to stay pregnant. Like that's, that was the message she gave us. And I remember that just like being in the back of our minds and us wanting to not believe that was true. Um, but as it played out, it just continued to be true. So we ended up getting pregnant right away with our fourth pregnancy, um, right after our miscarriage and I got a positive pregnancy test, and then two days later, I started miscarrying. And um, it just made us question a lot of things because there was just so much hope. I remember when I got pregnant right away, just thinking like, like God has answered our prayers and everything's gonna be fine now because I got pregnant right away. And, um, you know, telling our families and just sharing with them our joy and happiness. And um, then two days later, to be miscarrying was just so, so hard. I remember um, with each miscarriage, um, just not knowing the right things to say, not um, I mean, I had my own sadness, and it and it felt one way to me. And then, uh, as a as the mother, um, physical things are happening to your body, and you feel it. You feel sadness, and you feel it in an entirely different way. And so, it's like as a dad in that in that role is really difficult. There's um, it's it's a. I remember calling. A mentor of mine um, on the way home after I found out about the third or f I, or fourth one I don't remember and just saying like I I do not know what I'm supposed to say in this moment I don't know um, there is there's nothing that can be said to make the pain go away at this point there's really very little that can be said to be hopeful um, with all that's happened and um, 
I just remember him saying that, like, my role in that moment is is to just listen and to to draw out any of the the anger and sadness and and all the emotions that come along with loss like that to just listen to you and to to draw that out of you the best I can. Yeah. And I think for me, I've always wanted to be a mom. Like even when I was young, people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'd always like at a very young age and be like, I want to be a mom. Like that's all I want to be. Um, I didn't even know what I wanted to go to college for because you know, in my mind, well, I'm just going to nanny until I get married and be a mom. And so for that ability to be taken away and not be able to carry a pregnancy was really just devastating. Um, and to watch crew get older and older and not be able to give him a sibling was so hard. And I think as you watch that age gap grow, you just worry like, oh, he's not going to have a best buddy and he's not going to have, you know, that close bond that siblings that are close in age have. And um, meanwhile, all of our friends are getting pregnant easily and having their first and second pregnancy, you know, and that, um, it was just so so hard and it just weighed so heavy um not that we weren't excited and happy for them it just here we were with one kid and could not grow our family and that was super super difficult after our second miscarriage um I remember we were cornerstone at the time, and I remember they were playing videos of people's stories, and one of the videos happened to be, and it was like, I want to say the weekend after my miscarriage. It was like so quick right after that second miscarriage, Um, and it was a couple who had miscarried several times and then went on to adopt, and I just remember feeling like God was speaking so strongly um, to me that Sunday and just like bald in service because I could just feel God saying like, I want you to pursue adoption. Um, and it was something that we've even talked about on our first date, um, how we both wanted to adopt, but we thought it would be like, we'll grow our family and then we'll adopt overseas. Like we just never saw it being here in the United States. Um, And so God just started growing this seed inside me. And um, I remember, like we talked about it after our second miscarriage, but after our third miscarriage, it was just like so clear to me that this is what God wanted us to do. Um, And I remember financially, it was just like, there's no way we can make this work. Like, we don't even have the money to begin the process. Um, And so we just decided that we were going to pray about it. And um, yeah, what is crazy is we got a 
refund check from three years ago from Cruise Birth from an insurance company, which doesn't make any sense. And that was the amount that we needed to start with the agency. And then I got, I was cleaning houses at the time and I got a bonus check from one of my clients out of nowhere. Um, and that was the exact amount that we needed for the social worker. So it was just like God saying, I've got this. Mm -hmm. You just need to say yes and, you know, just have faith and I've got this. And so just like that, we started started our adoption process with Joby. felt led that God wanted us to have a girl. Um, I don't know Yeah, I forgot about that. Why? But we just went into it very strongly wanting a girl. Um, and the cool thing about our daughter was on paper she was supposed to be a boy and was born a girl. And so just um, just that cool little factor that um, you know, God answered our prayers and brought us a sweet, precious little girl. Um, but we actually, so we were active with our agency in January and a situation is like an expectant mom who comes in and wants to place her baby for adoption. And, um, we would see all sorts of information about these women and just having to decide like yes or no do we want to present our little profile book of our family um to this expectant mom um and it was really really hard and in those months God slowly like we were pretty closed off about a lot of things and God just slowly opened our hearts to more and more of these situations um to the point of we had it there was an outside agency that came to our agency that was having a hard time um finding a family for this child and so um I remember it was a really tricky hard situation um and we ended up saying yes to it Um, but she ended up changing her mind and wanting to, um, parent her baby. So in that situation though, this agency had our profile book and the social worker there really, really liked our family. And so, um, within a few days, she emailed me again and said, Hey, I have an expectant mom here whose baby um, was just born, was supposed to be a boy. Hmm. It's a girl. Um, and this was on, I even remember the day it was on a Tuesday. Um, and she asked if we were interested and, um, if we could get on an airplane right away and come down and get her if she chose us. And so of course our response was, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. And, um, that's something that we were praying 
that it would be a stork drop, which means the baby's already born, so you don't have to go through all the expenses of the expectant mom before the adoption, um, and that it would be in Florida, and that it would be a girl, um, and all of those things just all of a sudden came true. And so it was over Memorial Weekend, so... Um, you know, of course, things closed down over the weekend. And then on that following Tuesday, um, we got a phone call that she picked us and we needed to get on an airplane and immediately fly to Florida. And so we got down there on uh, Thursday, I believe. We got picked on a Wednesday flew down there on Thursday and got to meet our daughter on Thursday mm -hmm. and bring her um, back to the hotel with us on a Friday. And so um, that was like the best gift. I will never forget flying down there right away with our son and um, just the emotions of meeting her. And she was just the perfect, precious little girl and um yeah you have to wait a while before you can leave state and so we got all this time with her to bond with her before we were able to come back to Iowa and um yeah it was just a precious gift so after we spent our time in Florida um getting to just spend time with Jovi and crew was there with us. Your mom came down as well. Um, and after the three weeks, three weeks of <laughs> ICPC Being time in Florida. Yeah. Uh, there's worse places to be than yeah. Florida. Um, but, um, after that, when I remember I had to come home first and then you came home after that and I remember just like you got her home and and it was just this big sort of reunion of the whole family coming together and what's we cool just celebrated is that. before we got her I'd planted these flowers from Costco mm. and when we got her they bloomed they bloomed and then they, they and were, that was like yeah so cool and they were perennials so they every year every year they would bloom and it would remind us of Jovi mm -hmm. Um, so, so then we get into the rhythm of, or tried to get into the rhythm of having two kids and was it five months later, mm -hmm. we got a letter in the mail from Jovi's birth mom. And so that was, so we had met her, um, obviously when we, when we, um, first met Jovi, well, a couple days after we first met Jovi. Uh, so we were able to meet Jovi's birth mom, and we had set it up beforehand for this to be an open adoption, meaning that we would maintain a relationship with her to the extent that it was healthy and possible. Um, and so we agreed to that. We thought that was best for Jovi. Jovi. Which is like one of the things that we were very closed off when we started the adoption process yeah, and something that God really opened our hearts and just showed us how important it is 
for Joby to have that relationship in her life, um, whether it's visits or just, you know, emails and letters, um, how important that is for her to have that piece of her story. Yeah, we never wanted Jovi to wake up one day and, and wonder what her story was. Yeah. We wanted it to always be a part of of her life and her knowledge as she grew up. Um, but the letter that we got in the mail kind of started uh, a relationship or, or started a um, some communication back and forth, mostly with letters. Um, and you wrote, I don't know how many handwritten letters back and forth to Jovi's birth mom. Um, yeah, so we, we grew a friendship and um, got to know each other a lot through letters um, or email, just depending on things where she was at in life. And um, we ended up, when Jovi was two, um, we decided to try one last time. It took me a while after the miscarriages to even want to start trying again. Um, but we always wanted a big family. And so we just decided, you know, it's been a while. Let's just try and see what happens. And, um, we could not get pregnant for a long time. Um, and so after about a year of trying, we ended up, it was over a year, we ended up getting pregnant. Um, and I was super excited because my sister was also pregnant and we were, our babies would have been close in age. Um, and I lost that baby at 10 weeks. So, um, that was also another miscarriage where I went in for this first appointment. They were watching me very closely, um, and everything was okay. And then we went in for our second appointment and the baby's heartbeat was not where it should be. Um, and that was probably my hardest miscarriage because, um, a couple was also pregnant in our connection group with the same exact due date. Um, and I, um, I had to go through Joby's birthday weekend knowing that I was losing my baby. Um, but at the same time celebrating what a gift she was, um, but also losing, you know, this last hope that we had, um, and so I just remember being so devastated the whole time, wondering, like, I wonder if it's happened yet. And, you know, seeing all this family. And um, I went in on that Monday after that weekend, and um, it had passed away. And so um, I remember we at that point decided like let's just go see an infertility doctor and see what's going on um I was pretty I would say closed off after that miscarriage like I am done trying I am done 
with this whole process. Like we've had a successful adoption and she's great. She's such a gift. Like let's just adopt again. And um, I say just as if it's so easy, but it's not. Um, And so we ended up going to Mid-Iowa Fertility Clinic and meeting with a doctor there and having um, some test run, meeting with my OB, and again, the same story. And I even remember my OB telling me, like, I, I don't think that you will be able to carry another pregnancy. Um, you can do this test, but I don't think it's going to give you the answers that you are wanting. Um, and sure enough, it didn't. It was non-conclusive like they could not find out why I was not carrying these pregnancies and so um and I remember her putting her hand on my knee and telling me like you have adopted and you have a beautiful girl I think you should pursue adoption and just for a doctor tell us that it's just crazy but I will never forget her telling us that and so um yeah then we just kind of that summer just really struggled back and forth with do we adopt again do we pursue IVF like what what is our next step um and that summer we actually got to see Joby's birth mom um down in Florida and have a visit with her and that went really really well and was was such a gift for her um, to be able to see her. Um, and so I guess long story short, we ended up deciding to adopt again because we just couldn't seem to find any answers. So we started down that path and, um, yeah. How long was it that we were kind of actively waiting for? We were active with them for two years. Um, and actually ended up getting picked by an expectant mom. Um, and what's crazy is that was in October. And in November, we got a phone call from Jovi's birth mom telling us that she was pregnant. <laughs> and so it was... And that she, like, she knew that we had been waiting two years to adopt a baby. And, like, she was so sweet. She was just, like, I know that I got pregnant so that I could give you this baby. Like, she was just so um, set on it. And I remember being, like, I don't understand because we were picked by this expectant mom. But yet you're pregnant and, like, not knowing what to do. And, um... We had a feeling that this other expectant mom was most likely um, not going to choose adoption, that she was just wanting us to get her rent paid for um, because she was lying about a couple things. And um, we finally were able to get her to tell the agency the truth um, in December. And so that's when that adoption was disputed and we went full on with Joby's birth mom, Brandy. We, um, pursued adoption with her. 
and what that started was a much closer, more frequent communication with Jovi's birth mom. And um, we, we wound up um, in Florida, and I remember we were in the room. Yeah, we got to be there for the birth of Gemma, which birth. was like such a gift. Yeah. That she wanted us there, that we were able to hold her hand and cry with her as she was giving birth. And um, I will I will never forget that, that she shared that with us and mm -hmm. that she chose us. And um, I mean, the fact that Jovi can be raised with her biological sister is just such a gift for both of those girls and so um yeah that was just the biggest biggest blessing while we were active and waiting for our second adoption um we found out about a family member who had a nephew that was born um, who would be immediately placed into foster care and most likely that the parental rights would be terminated on both sides and so um, and that he would be needing a home and so right away of course we were interested but because he was in foster care and we were not certified um, he went right away to a foster home. Um, and so he was always a possibility, but we weren't, you know, all we, all we could do was just email the foster agency. And that was, you know, like it was completely in God's hands. And so, um, I remember, uh, so Gemma was born in July and I remember in June, um, the social worker let us know that the parental rights had been terminated and um, sending our information to him and our home study um, to him, just letting him know, like, hey, we would love to adopt him. Um, and then in the meantime, Jim is born, and we bring her home in August, and... Um, it wasn't until that October that the foster agency reached back out to us and let us know, like, hey, we are seriously considering you and another family, and we want you to come in. And that just blew us away. Um, yeah. And so we ended up going in and talking to them and just pretty much begging, like, we would love love to have this boy in our family and um he was 18 months at the time um and we were chosen at the end of October and we got to go meet him um the week of Thanksgiving and um yeah we started having visits with him in November and in December on my birthday he came home and got to live with us permanently. Um, and that was just amazing. But at the same time, we just went from two kids to four kids. And that was insane. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So during this whole adoption journey, um, we were also going through your mom. Yeah. Yep, we were. So yeah, mom was diagnosed with lung cancer um, a year prior to, so what it have been like September of, of the previous year. Of Gemma's birth, yeah. Yeah. So we got to bring home Gemma and we got to introduce Gemma to mom and um, mom got to hold Gemma and, but then mom ultimately passed um, without getting to meet Brayden. Mm-hmm. But mom knew of Brayden and knew, she knew that he was, um, that he was in foster care and that he was a possibility and, um, but she never got to meet him before he came into our house, but yeah, yeah, it was a very, um, that was a, that was a stretch of time going from two to four kids, uh, mom getting sick. It was a lot all at once. And it was just hard, like so, so hard. It was hard. And, and at the same time, like we could, we could at this, at the same time back away and, and see how blessed we have been. Like, these just beautiful kids and how God orchestrated all of it to place them in our family. And there were some really difficult ups and downs and some really difficult moments that, you know, some of the hardest moments of our life. Um, But the result is like these beautiful kids Mm -hmm. and they are in our family and they're ours. And so we are, yeah, at, while we while we step away and remember how hard it was, we also see the giant blessing that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Braden was officially a Shafebo that spring, mm-hmm. um, and we had two boys, two girls, and um, we were done. Like we thought. Like, what a blessing God has given us and answered, like, literally all of our prayers and grown our family in a different way than we ever would have imagined. Um, Also, I would say we were overwhelmed. Yeah. By having four kids. So overwhelmed. Um, So when Brayden turned three, we moved into a new house because obviously we needed way more room and way more space for all these children. Um... And I remember the weekend that we moved, I felt so sick and had been feeling sick for a really long time. Um, and like thought, oh, my mono's flaring back up. Or um, I even like, I even thought, oh my gosh, I hope it's not cancer. Like I just had been so sick off and on and it just didn't make sense. And so I remember that weekend, my sister coming over and saying, if you don't go buy a pregnancy test, I'm going to go get one for you. <laughs> like, you you need to take a pregnancy test. In the back of my head, I'm like, there's no way. After five years of infertility and four losses and this whole journey, there's And, like, Casey was always gone working on the house. Like, there was just no way. Um, And there was a way. I took a test, and I was 
eight weeks along already and um just the emotions that come with that like one we were so overwhelmed with four children and just like how are we going to handle five like how are we ever going to be able to handle this but two all of the loss that I had processed and that whole journey I had moved on and I had accepted and like grieved that, okay, this is the story that God took us through and, you know, but look, it led us to these four children and I'm okay with not having another pregnancy, um, to now being pregnant and being like terrified that I'm going to have another miscarriage. And I remember crying so much because I was so scared. Um, and yeah, uh, every appointment went great to the point where I think around 24 weeks, I, it went into like, okay, we're actually going to have a fifth kid and just being, um, so grateful that God gave me this pregnancy and that I was able to feel, um, a baby inside me again and just be pregnant and enjoy it was just the biggest. Um, I mean, I already felt blessed and this was just like, I don't even, it was beyond Mm -hmm. feeling blessed. I just was so grateful and just, there was just a lot of moments of like, how can God be this good? Like just, We were already grateful and he's literally like answered every one of our prayers when we, you know, we didn't deserve it in here. We are having this precious baby. And so the other cool piece of it was, um, Safi was almost exactly 10 years after crew. So all of these moments with her pregnancy, it was almost like deja vu because, she was due on December 8th and he was due on December 19th. And so it was just like insane to experience all these things exactly 10 years later. Um, that's just a long stretch of time. And so it was just crazy to go through all these things again. Um, but this time with four children, um, I was really, really sick, but I mean, what a gift, like, yeah, I, remember. I would never complain about that pregnancy because it was just such a gift. Yeah. I remember, uh, again, like mixed emotions of how excited we were to be pregnant, how, you know, also in the back of our mind, just a little scared um, yeah. because of all the miscarriages that we'd had in the past. But then just like feeling so blessed and then t- also terrified. Yeah of of the probability of five children and we were already overwhelmed and I remember crew when we told our kids the first thing out of crew's mouth was can you can you handle five kids (laughs) so we said no no we can't like that's what we're thinking too like no we can't and like people always say God doesn't give you more than you can handle and I'm like that is the furthest thing from true like yes he does because he wants you to rely on him it is not about 
what you can and can't handle. Because if you look at our story, we, we had anything. more more than what we could handle. So, yeah. yeah. But um, with Cruz's birth, obviously it was pretty traumatic. And so going into Savvy's birth was really, really scary for me. Um, I started having really, really high blood pressure towards the end again. Um, and so they were just really, really monitoring me to try to get me to that 37 week mark. And I just remember every, every week after 29 weeks was just like a huge victory. Like we've made it to 30 weeks. Now we've made it to 32 weeks and now it's 34 and she could come and we could actually like come home with her and she'd be okay. And just, um, just celebrating that and the gift that she wasn't early. Cause that was my other fear was that she would come early and I'd have to juggle the NICU and these four children who desperately need all my attention. And so, um, yeah, Savvy was born, um, in November and cool little side story, a, a girl that I walked through infertility and loss with here at Keystone had her daughter on the same exact day in the same exact hospital. And that's just something sweet that we get to share with each other now. And so like just things like that, that God doesn't have to do, but he just does to bring you joy. And it's just, it's so cool. Like just so, so cool. And her and I never would, like I never would have said that that would ever happen. And here we were having our babies together. And so, um, yeah, just the biggest, biggest blessing. And she has brought us so much joy. Um, we named her Savvy Sue and Sue is after Casey's mom, just, um, a special little tribute to her because that was something that she always wanted us to just keep trying. And, um, I think it is just, it's, it's bittersweet because I wish she could meet her and see, like, what a gift all of our children are. And so um, I think looking back on all of this, um, if I could tell, like, any woman out there at Keystone, like, who is struggling with loss or infertility, like, to not forget that God has not forgotten you and is right there grieving with you. Like this was not his plan. Um, and sin obviously entered the world and that he is right there with you, grieving with you and that he is working behind the scenes. And even though you can't see it, like there is happiness and joy and just him um but also like if you have faith in him um he he's going to bless you with more than you can even believe like that was a common thing that a lot of people would ask us and it was just like we just had faith that God would show up and that he would provide. I, I remember there's a lot of times where I just literally was like, this doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense to adopt two kids 
in a four month stretch, <laughs> but that are for 14 months apart. Um, but God's got this and, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do our story any other way. And without those miscarriages, we wouldn't have three of our children. Like those miscarriages led us to adoption. And I mean, what, what an amazing story that God used us to write. Thank you for listening to the Keystone Stories podcast. For more stories, visit us at keystonelife.com slash stories.